The seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. God tells us to rest one day in seven. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry, and I'm Janice. And welcome to the new year. It is great to see you as we focus on Genesis one to three. We're going to look at Genesis two coming up in about three minutes' time. So hopefully you have your guide. If you don't, we'll tell you how to do that. But join us as we go. Fifteen minutes from now, Corey's going to join us. Corey, what are you doing? I'm going to be taking a look at the why behind Genesis one and Genesis two. Why is it in there, Ryan? Well, today and for the whole month of January, in fact, I'm going to be sharing with you some interviews that I recorded at a recent science conference. I am looking forward to that.、Uh, I remember those interviews; they were awesome, absolutely great. All right, that's coming up in about 15 minutes' time. Janice in about 20. Today, God is great. All right, so take your Bible guide. Let's turn to Genesis chapter two and let's learn about the Sabbath day. Genesis two one through seven. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished, and on the seventh day God ended His work which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Genesis chapter two, verses one through seven. Genesis is the beginning chapter in the Bible, and as we continue to study the Bible, it gets very, very interesting as we ask questions. Mankind has always been curious about his origin. I mean, think about it. Was he the result of aliens? Was he created by an accident of nature, or was there a god who placed him on this planet? And if he did, why? I mean, why are we here? Why are things the way that they are? Well, the Bible begins to answer these questions right away. In its earliest chapters, it tackles the most fundamental questions that the human heart asks. Genesis one confronts the mystery of the beginning of the universe, pointing to its creation by God. Chapter two focuses in on the creation of mankind, the origin of human life, and purposes to which God endowed us with. Chapter three then deals with the origins of. Sin, S-I-N, and the evil in the world. The beginning of God's story with humanity begins to answer the issues that are tied up into our hearts, and we experience as human beings. It is absolutely amazing. 
Now, uh, again, I would say that if you have a Bible guide, turn with me to this passage today as we begin to study chapter two. And as we focus on this, we're talking about the beginning, the origins, human life, and all of that. Let's study and let's listen to what God says to us. So write to us or call us, or you can go to Bible Discovery TV if you want to get the guide by uh, going on there online and getting it. You can get it just as we printed it. Very, very exciting. Now let's pray and ask the Lord to help us as we study his word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we study your word. We actually believe this is your word. And so help us today as we begin and study this and learn from you and teach us your way and show us your path in the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen and amen. Now, Genesis chapter two begins rather strange, but it's very interesting. Listen carefully, beginning with day seven, listen carefully to chapter two, verse one. It says, Thus, the heavens and the earth and all of the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. He rested. Verse three continues. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified the seventh day because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had done created. Now, this is fascinating. It takes me to our first point. The seventh day of the week is Shabbat or Shabbat. Now, we learn to rest one day in seven to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. One day in seven. We are not meant to work full seven days. We are meant as human beings to take one day and rest. Now, God didn't have to rest. Uh, His energy is sourceless. He is the center of all energy. He didn't have to rest, but he did this to show us how important it is for us to rest. And beloved, we need to remember that. God shows us this. So we need to understand, okay, Lord, you're, you're showing me something. Help me to live that way. Very interesting, you know. Well, let's go on because this gets even better. In Genesis chapter two, verses four and six, here's what it says. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. He's talking about the history of the heavens and the earth. In the day that God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it. Now, this is important to remember. The Lord God had not caused it to rain yet on the earth. And there was no man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Now that's interesting and brings me to the second point. Listen carefully. Before the flood, the entire earth was watered by a mist, not a rain. The earth has changed over time. Today, we live in the last days. Now, let me explain this because it's very important. Today, we live in a time when things are so fast. I mean, it goes so fast. You know, we think about technology and all of that happening and AI and everything else. And it's as if one day 
the entire world changes. The next day, the entire world changes and things happen and it goes quick. It's not slow anymore. Now we need to remember that because this is the time when God has chosen Israel to be established. Israel is a nation chosen by God. God is the one who came up with the name Israel. And it's interesting because we share the planet, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ shares the planet with the nation of Israel. The last time that happened was AD 70, up to AD 70, before Israel was totaled out by the Roman Empire. Now that's interesting because these are the days which change a lot. So we need to remember that. Now, let's keep this in mind because as we deal with the creation, the second advent of the creation here, as dictated by Genesis in 2 verse 7, here is what the Bible says. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, the dust, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. That's absolutely fascinating, beloved. Now, I want you to remember this. Mankind came from God's creation and the breath of life. He's different than the animals, okay? We must never, ever forget that we are created by God himself. We are creations of God, beloved. Keep in mind, everybody wants us to think that we came out of an accident, that, you know, over a billion years, this happened, that happened, and that happened. No, it didn't. I don't believe that. That's not what God's word says. Now, you can try to plug in millions of years here and there, but it doesn't work. You see, Jesus Christ himself is the one who said that in the beginning, God created and there was man and woman. Two, male and female, the two shall become one flesh when they come together and get married. So here in the book of Genesis in chapter two is the reiteration of creation of what God is doing. And we need to keep in mind that we have to pay attention because God is doing something today. He's speaking to us right now. And so beloved, keep that in your heart and keep that in your mind. When you study the book of Genesis, the first 11 chapters, Genesis one through 11, this is critical to understand so we can get a grasp on where things went wrong because we were not created to die. But God did say that the, the day you eat that of that tree, Eve and Adam, the day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Speaking about the physical flesh. But eternity is ours as well. And will our eternity be with Jesus Christ or will it be in absolute despair in the ravages of hell? Well, let me tell you something. If you come to Jesus Christ, you do not have to have the punishment of hell because Jesus took that for you. Invite him into your life today. Now, from a biblical perspective, why do you think God made humans and apes look similar? Well, the same thing, same reason I think that there are similarities right through all living things, and that is we see a continuum, if you like, which speaks to us of one creator. If we're entirely different to every living, other living thing on earth, we had entirely different chemistry, entirely different everything, then we might think there's different creators. Well, it's a new year and that means that we're back in Genesis. And with that, I thought it would be really fun and fitting to share with you 
some interviews that I recorded at a recent science conference, specifically the 2023 Creation Super Conference hosted by Creation Ministries International, or CMI for short. And I'm going to be playing clips of these interviews for the entire month of January. And my first interview is with marine biologist and senior scientist at CMI USA, Dr. Robert Carter. And I ask him, first of all, about how he came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And then I ask him to respond to critics who think that the Bible is nothing more than a book of fiction. Check it out. All right. Well, I'm very happy and honored to be sitting now with Dr. Robert Carter. Welcome. Thank you. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally. Well, how much do you want to know? How far back into the backstory are we going to go here? As far as you'll give us. <laughs> All right. I was raised in a nominally Christian home. We always went to church, but we really didn't believe anything. And I ended up in college a thousand miles away from home and all my Christianity was come crumbling down like it's happened to so many other people. Hmm. I ended up running into people that first year who actually believed the Bible. And I had never met anyone like that before. And they started sharing the gospel with me. I did not know what the gospel was. Someone asked me, so Rob, why did Jesus die? And I stared at him blankly. I said, I have no idea. And as a kid who went to church his entire life, I was a youth group leader. I always went to Sunday school. There was no knowledge. My church gave me no background. And so I was a new Christian about, oh, 19 years old. And soon after that, I started running into people who didn't believe in evolution. And I thought those people were crazy. I never met anyone who didn't trust the science or believe in science, I thought. And over the next five to 10 years, God just kind of reeled me in. And it's my questioning, my skepticism that drove me away from evolution. A lot of people that are the skeptics today, right? They're, they're leaving Christianity in droves. No, it actually went the other way around because those questions that they can't answer can be answered by God. Hmm. Um, now, skeptics, they like to say that the Bible is a book of fiction yeah. a lot of times. So what do you say to that? The Bible historically has been verified more times than you can even count. There's a number of times archaeologists will look like, oh, hey, the, the Bible says there's a city over there. Let's go dig. Oh, and they find the city. I mean, dozens of people have been verified archaeologically, hundreds of sites. It is clearly a historical book and written like history. And it fits so much of even like uh, after the Exodus, the Israelites invade Canaan and they're living there without a king and they have judges. Well, this is right after the Bronze Age collapse in history, when there aren't any major world empires in the vicinity. So they could live in that area with judges. A couple hundred years later, they're clamoring for a king. What's happening? Kingdoms are starting to rise and are starting to realize they're being threatened from the outside. So even the tangential information in the Bible fits the historical picture at the right time frame beautifully. All right, so I hope that you enjoyed the interview and Dr. Carter will be back tomorrow to talk with us a little bit more. And as I said before, for all of January, I'm gonna be sharing clips of all the different interviews that I recorded at the Creation Super Conference. And the best part is I'm making all these interviews available to you in full and uncut on this special set called A World by Design Part 3, which is available right now. 
because what you saw today was just a three-minute clip of a much longer interview. And also on this set, I interviewed Dr. Don Batten, Gary Bates, Spike Pissaris, Professor Steve Taylor, Dr. Jim Mason, Richard Fangrad, and Matt Bondi. And we talk about a lot of different topics like dinosaurs, genetics, aliens, UFOs, distant starlight in the age of the Earth, ancient Egypt, and lots, lots more. And this set is available both on DVD and digital download for a suggested donation of $60. It's a four-disc set that's roughly seven hours of material. And to order the DVD set, you can call, write, or go to our website at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. Now, if you're going digital, then you can just download it through the website. That's World by Design 3, and it is an excellent one. I remember being there, and I was with you in those interviews. They were outstanding, and uh, it was just really, really good. So I encourage people to get a hold of it. Make sure you uh, go to the website and find out what's going on. Or you can write for yours with our address or call and so on and so forth. Very good. Excellent, Ryan. Okay, Corey. All right. Well, one of my roles, I, my main role here on Bible Discovery, on Bible Discovery TV, is to help bring you context, right? To, and a lot of times I do this by bringing you extra biblical context. So we look at the ancient cultures surrounding the Bible and how that informs how, we're, how we should interpret the truths that are in the Bible. We look at archaeological discoveries that give us a physical context for the history of the Bible and help, again, inform us as to what's going on. Uh, but another one of my roles is to also bring you context from within the scripture as well. And, and, I, and I thought today, that's what I would try to do when it comes to Genesis 1 and 2, because very obviously in our world today, it's really easy to get distracted when we, re, when, when we read Genesis 1 and 2. At least that's my experience, because I think there's so much conversation around Genesis 1 and 2 and what it means and how it informs scientific dialogue, which don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that doesn't have a place. It has a very important place. And, and I really appreciate the work that Ryan's been doing, bringing that to our attention and to the forefront. But it is equally true that we have to make sure that we're keeping Genesis 1 and 2 in their original context. Now, inside the Bible, within the Bible's context, if all the hints that it's giving us about the authorship of Genesis, Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy is true, then it was Moses compiling these books of the Bible in, a, in around the mid-1400s BC. So then we ask ourselves the question, or we should ask ourselves the, ourselves the question, why? Why is Genesis concerned with writing? Why is Moses concerned with writing Genesis 1 and 2? Why does he want to talk about how the universe was formed? Why does he want to zero in in Genesis chapter 2 on the creation of man and woman and the unity within that? And I believe what we see here is that it was important for Moses as he's this leader, you know, this God-appointed leader of the new, newly formed nation of Israel. It was important to order or establish God's plan for humanity, his plan of redemption for humanity, and also ancient Israel's role within that plan. So it starts here in Genesis 1 and 2 with the creation of the world and the creation of mankind. And then as we continue to read Genesis, we're going to see how then God calls a man who is the ancestor of the whole nation of Israel. And then it goes through his children to more ancestors of Israel up until their point today. So it's this concept of Moses and, and God through Moses giving to the Israelites, here is who God is. Here is what he has done. 
Here is how he has dealt with your ancestors. You have seen Israel who has just come out of the Exodus, how God has dealt with you, and now here's what you have to do. So it's establishing that order for ancient Israel. And then we can extrapolate out, okay, well, what does it then mean for us? And in many ways, it's the same, right? It serves the same purpose for us today, except the history is now much longer because we don't just have Genesis through Deuteronomy. We have Genesis through Revelation, but it starts in Genesis. So we get to see this is God. This is how he created. This is how he dealt with early mankind. This is how he dealt with Israel. And here's why. It all leads up to Jesus Christ. It's God's redemption plan for humanity. And then we go, okay, well, what does that redemption plan for humanity mean for my life as a Christian? And it means a lot of different things. So we see in Genesis specifically, even in Genesis one and two, because very early on, we see God establishing his character for us. He's different from humanity. He's morally superior. He's the origin of all life. He is not only the or or originator of all life, but he's a personal God. He's concerned with what happens to mankind on a macro scale and on an individual scale. He talks to Abraham. He talks to Isaac and Jacob. We're going to see this as we go. He talks with Adam and Eve and with Cain and with Abel, right? We see this in Genesis 2 and 3. Uh, God is a God who brings redemption to people who are trying to find him and trying to follow him. But he also brings judgment for those who choose to lean into evil and lean into sin away from him. So God is both the judge and the redeemer. He is the creator and he is personally concerned with humanity. And we see these, these themes and these characters of God beginning to be developed right here, right here in Genesis 1 and 2. We, we're, we're gonna see really quickly also in Genesis 3. On the one hand, God's perfection it, it requires perfection, right? Human sin can't stand in the presence of God. But on the other hand, God also understands that we're not perfect. And he makes a way for us to live with him. We see these themes woven right here in Genesis 1 and 2 and then all the way through Revelation. It's absolutely fascinating. And I use that word deliberately. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words. And often. Yes, yes. I use it often and deliberately. I use it interesting. I use fascinating. I use, yes. Um, because God speaks to us. And then you go to the shortest chapter in the book of Psalms, chapter mm -hmm. 117, Janice. Mm -hmm. And it says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, not Jews, but Gentiles. And then it goes on to say, praise the Lord, all you peoples. Mm -hmm. So he says, praise the Lord, everybody. So we, we, he sets the Bible up so that the context is, this is your history. This is the beginning. And you know, Israel is the nation that God spoke with through Abraham and continues to speak with. And that's one of the reasons. And Israel is not a name that comes from the human mind, comes from the mind of God. Very interesting. And this whole discussion here, um, everything that you've said, Corey, the things that you have established, Ryan, the this new DVD that you have, World by Design 3, which also means that there's a one and a two. <laughs> so you can you can look that up as well. But this is who we are. If you've just tuned in on this January 1st 
of 2024, we welcome you. We say hello from the Hembry family. Corey is now married. She's Corey Babetchko. Uh, but we are the mom and the dad and the daughter and the son. And our other son is in the director's uh, control room. And um, our staff is really extended family who've been with us for many, many years. But the program itself, Bible Discovery, is the clue as to what this program is. We begin every January today in Genesis 1. And by the time we get to December 31st, we are reading Revelation chapter 22. We want to cover the entire Bible from beginning to end. At one point, this program was called Quick Study because that's really what it is, isn't it? When you think of the Bible in its entirety, but we don't want to skip or miss a word. Are we going to get everything right? Are we perfect people? Are we perfect teachers? No, we're not. We're human beings, but we come with study and we come with an open heart to the Holy Spirit when we when we read and we teach and Ryan deals with certain things and Corey touches on other things and Rod does his teaching. But we welcome you to join us. Some of you have been with us. There's a handful of you that have been watching and faithful to this program way back in 1990, Rod, when your dad, uh, that was in the United States, the year yep. that George Bush Sr. as president declared it the year of the Bible. Yes. Your dad said, is there anybody doing a program, a TV program about reading through the Bible in a year? And he did some investigation. And at that time, there was not. So and, George, and it's just to make a note here, uh, George Bush was quoting Ronald Reagan, who said it in 1984. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So. I did not know that. <laughs> and so in 1990, your dad called the program Project 90. And he had people join with him reading through the Bible from beginning to end. And as he was getting to the end, so many people said, well, are we going to do this again next year? Well, guess what? It didn't just go to 1991. It's now into 2024. So if you're a mathematician, that means this is our 34th year doing this broadcast because God is faithful. And his word is true. And so congratulations. If this is your first time watching the program, please join us as we discover the Bible together as a family and with you, our extended family. And if you are joining us after many, many years, thanks for coming back and we'll see you tomorrow. Beyond the Call is a program that we do here, and uh, it's a, an interview of people about their testimony, and it's now available at BibleDiscoveryTV.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. So keep an eye out for Beyond the Call. One-on-one, -on -one, I speak with individuals about their testimony of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Today we pray, Lord, help me to listen to your word as I learn to follow you. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
Amen.